are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Matas. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> hey, I do have good news. Like really, really legitimately good news. Okay. The, the, the dark days might be behind us. The NBA might finally look at that stupid foul where the shooter pump fakes and then throws themselves laterally at a defender who is actively trying to avoid contact. We did it, Adam. We yeah. might, we, we can retire. Me and you, we did it. Do you, here's the thing. What's your confidence, the confidence meter right now for the NBA actually doing something about this? Adam Silver making a decision like <laughs> underground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We Don't have a ton. <laughs> we have a ton to get to, and we're probably going to get uh, the, the conversation is actually going to work its way back to that uh, conversation a little bit later in the show. We have seven games to recap. We have uh, Adam's stock exchange portfolio. My idea. I'll, I'll go ahead and tap myself on the back for that one. And then this week's power rankings. There are five really, really good teams out in the West, and there are some. Uh, and, and, and there are some really pretty good teams that aren't even counted amongst those guys. Uh, so we are going to power rank. How are you doing this? The most interesting teams down the stretch of no, this not season. Interest, not the interesting. No, this are, I'm power ranking. I'm just doing the title contenders right. out right now. Straight up power ranking. weeks before the playoffs begin. It'll change. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it won't. All right. Well, we'll see where those uh, take us as well. Uh, let's start, though, with the games. The uh, game of the night. In terms of highlighting everything that's going on, the Clippers beat the Phoenix Suns in LA 113 to 103. It was uh, a good game. This was a good game, too. I mean, I know it got away from the Suns down the stretch, but it was a very good game. Paul George goes off seven of nine from three point range. Few better players in the NBA than Paul George with a lead of like eight or more. Uh, Shots fired. What a compliment. Yeah. What a compliment. Seven of nine from three point range. And I will say this. It's technically seven of eight from three-point range because one of those nine attempts was at the end of a shot clock in the corner where he just had to like shoot a floater to get it to the rim. Uh, so he was really feeling it. Chris Paul tried to carry the Suns, but it, it just wasn't enough late, even after Patrick Beverly got uh, ejected for Patrick Beverly stuff. Yeah, you know, the Clippers team, I mean, this was a good one. You know, Phoenix coming in on a back-to-back, they had a big game last night a big win last night i should say against utah so then to go and have another emotional nationally televised game uh you know they get two nights in the spotlight and i thought that they put up a great effort in this one um and, and looked good there were a lot of positives i love the way that they played they started out this game absolutely on fire uh and then just kind of cooled off maybe it was fatigue i don't know only 25 percent from the three-point line overall for, for phoenix but on the other side, you're right. Paul George, who's been great this year from three all along, goes seven of nine, gets those 33 points. And down the stretch, he was fantastic. And so was Rajon Rondo. And here's the thing I get thinking mm. about. I mean, down the stretch, Rondo going at Chris Paul, jawing at Chris Paul. You know, those two guys don't like each other. They beef, and, and which kind of adds a nice little extra layer. Some extra yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And so uh, th there's that. But Rondo, you know, with the – addition of Rondo and with the loss of Lou Will, the Clippers team of two years ago, remember the team that went and, and, and faced Golden State in the playoffs and they had mm -hmm. Lou Will and Montrez Harrell and Pat Beverly as sort of their core, you know, now Pat Beverly's still around, but the other guys aren't. And Rondo coming into a team with some established stars, 
it just feels like in a weird way, the roster is finally Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's. And I feel like that oh, tonight you especially point. saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is going to be an oversimplification, but it feels like a more serious roster than it would have if like Harold was still there and Lou Williams was still there because there were, there was just such clearly identifiable holes that teams could kind of pick at defensively. And, and I don't think they're as present on this roster as it's currently put together as it was uh, previously. Mm. Uh, next game on the docket here, the Lakers go into Miami and lose 110 to 104. I, I want uh, everybody Contavious to know. Cole I want Cole. everybody to know there was a Portland, Utah game on, but Anthony said he was going to do these in order of importance, and he chose the Lakers Miami game over the, over Portland, Utah. I, I was waiting for this. This is great stuff. Look, ESPN's flexing out of a Lakers game later on, and I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> flex into it. Um, no, we're gonna we're gonna spend equal amount of time. Don't worry, David. I know I know this is something that you deeply deeply care about, but the. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope show showed up and it was uh, 28 points for him. Wasn't good enough to top Jimmy Butler's 28 points as the Lakers faded late 27 minutes for Andre Drummond is something I can't quite wrap my head around. Yeah. It's, <laughs> an, it, it's interesting. I mean, here's my only takeaway I have from this because the Lakers are such a, you know, we're, without their two best players. I, my question is, is there anything you feel like you can learn about this team right now? Or does it feel like the Lakers are just in purgatory and nothing matters, win games, lose games. The only thing that matters is the record, but there's nothing else that could come from it. Well, I would like to see, I mean, this is where tonight was kind of a bummer because by acquiring Andre Drummond and telling him that he's going to start, that means that one of Marc Gasol and Montrez Harrell are either going to have to play out of position based on what they've played so far this year, or they're going to have to play alongside, you know, in order to play alongside each other, or they're going to get out of the rotation altogether. And when you give Andre Drummond 27 minutes and you refuse to play uh, Montrez Harrell at anywhere but the center spot, you, you, you take away the ability to learn even that. So, like, yeah. to your point, this was just a game that it was fun and, and the Lakers competed and all of that, but it's hard to really learn much when there's such a closed-minded approach to that aspect of the rotation. And maybe it's just early and maybe they're just focusing on, on Andre Drummond getting acclimated or as acclimated as, as he can get in this current situation. But I just don't see why these things have to be mutually exclusive. I think it's a mistake on Frank Vogel's part. Yeah. It, I, it's really weird. I mean, the Drummond storyline is certainly a strange one and him going, you know, that those extended minutes. Is there a reason I see Marcus Gasol was the DMP coach's decision? Is there a reason for that? Or was that just a straight up coach's decision? Dude, I, it's, it's the question that I ask in locked on Lakers locked on. Now I did locked on today with, with uh, Peter. And it's the same thing that I'm, I'm kind of wondering about. I don't, I just don't understand the approach really on Frank hard. Vogel's part. Uh, like you said, though, there was that Utah Portland game, <laughs> 103 to 122. You got Milwaukee, <laughs> Dallas. We could have gone so many directions. You put Lakers, Miami, number two. I hey, we had a nice conversation about the Lakers after it. So it I, okay. you know, I'm it was an okay conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jazz beat the Blazers, 122 to 103. Donovan Mitchell goes off again, 37 points, mm. uh, five boards, four assists. I believe he had 38 points the night prior. So one of those just kind of Donovan Mitchell explosions that where he reminds everybody like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the dude. Uh, Dame goes for 23, five and six. 
Yeah, Portland in that third quarter just gets a little bit steamrolled. It ends up being 40 to 19 in the third quarter where the game kind of was put away at that point. Um, I think it was a 25 to four run in that third quarter. I, mm. You know, I don't really know what to say about this one. Utah needed a little bit of a bounce back. They had the heartbreaker last night um, that felt, I don't want to say it felt like an important game. It was just a battle between two very good teams. So to go up again against a very good team in Portland to get the win this time on your home court, you know, I thought that was a really nice bounce back. And on the other side, yeah, it ran out of steam. You know, Nurkic on that minutes restriction, so they were a little bit limited on who they could play and then just didn't get the contributions from enough guys, especially from the three-point line. C.J. McCollum, D- Damian Lillard, six for 22 from the three-point line. You, you're gonna, if you're Portland, you're going to lose almost every time that happens. I mean, we've been saying that all year about, like, situations that they should not have been able to win in, and they've been able to win. So I just I, – I throw my hands up. Yeah, but not that. against – you know, against Utah. You know, they – you're right that Portland has pulled out some really good wins and grinded out mm-hmm. some against comparable talent. I think Utah's a lot better than Portland. So to yeah. win those ones, you know, you need really big efforts, and they just didn't – I. It's interesting because this is the point of the season where you start to separate. Is it separate the wheat from the chaff? Is that, am I saying this correctly? Why am I asking you? Like, you know, but this is when you start, this is when you start to separate, you know, the sheep and the goats. And I think that Portland, I'm really curious to see where they, where they fall over the next two weeks. That doesn't sound right, but I won't (laughs) correct you. (laughs) Dallas beats Milwaukee 116 to 104 kind of surprising outcome of that one, given that Milwaukee has looked significantly better basically all year. Uh, but Chris Stapps, our boy Kirk's boy, uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis goes for 29, 17. Uh, and, and Dallas picks up a, a much needed win as the rest of the conference just kind of keeps pace with each other. Yeah. And with Giannis out, so maybe less surprising, you know, with Giannis being out of the lineup and coach Bud said, I believe after the game that, that Giannis did not do any pregame workouts and gave no timetable for him. So, you know, kind of something to keep your eye on out, out there with Milwaukee. Um, but, and then Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, this is not a knock on them. Great players, but being asked to carry a little bit more of the load and tonight Middleton six of 27, just a really rough shooting night, drew holiday, you know, similar struggles to kind of carry the offense. The story though, for me, and I know this maybe, maybe this shouldn't be the story. Luka Doncic picked up a technical tonight and it's his 12th technical of the season. Mm. And there's six weeks to go mm-hmm. 20 games. And they're going to be very contentious with a lot of travel, a lot of games. There's not nights off. I mean, every, every team is playing at just grueling pace right now. And he has four, technicals away from having a suspension we're having a little bit of a Draymond Green situation going on here with Dallas where you know is he going to go into the you know what's the status going to be down the stretch does he get a suspension right when they're really fighting for positioning is this something to kind of keep an eye on or even worse in the postseason (laughs) that would be even worse uh I remember I think Mark Cuban said bleep you to somebody who said that Luka Doncic whines a little too much so uh (laughs) <laughs> i'll tell yeah. you what adam silver will come down from the ivory tower to to ensure that luca does not get his his 16th technical i can't <laughs> if it's in the playoffs i can't imagine that happening but like i said it i hate it but it really is a storyline right now when you get that high when your technical count gets that high yep uh all right so let's go ahead and round out the night's games bulls beat the raptors 122 to 113 uh, Chris Boucher, the trebuchet, goes off for uh, 38 points, 19 boards, and one assist. Oh, they I'll must say have this. Won. They must have won then. 
Yeah, they they did. I well, no, they did no, not. No, they did not. No, they did not. <laughs> no. I teed you up with the slowest softball, and you swung and missed. Wow. You know, it's hard when you go from fast pitch to to slow pitch. It's actually okay. really difficult. Um, I can't I can't quite figure out Chris Boucher, but I don't I can't recall very many NBA players who have a line like that at some point in their career and don't go on to be at least pretty good. So. He's Toronto fans, this one, has man. been a really brutal season, but maybe you might have a pretty good player in Boucher. Toronto, by the way, weirdly not out of the hunt. I don't know what their like goals are for this season, but they're not that far out of the 10 seed. And if you get into the mix with Indiana, the, the Knicks, maybe the Hawks or Hornets, if, you know, whoever falls there, like, is it crazy to think Toronto could sneak in and get a seven or eight seed or something like that? I just there's the, the weirdest team this year there's just, i just don't I can't understand their vibe well of their course trajectory. they're weird they're playing in a different city that's so adam true. that's so true yeah it's what did steve kerr <laughs> say the other day he says the signs say we the north but we're in south florida <laughs> yeah, everything is just up is down left is right like it's so weird to me that we talk about the toronto raptors ever and that isn't the first piece of analysis that so we true. discuss about them it's, it's so wild true. it's so true all right, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Thunder 129-102. to 102. The Thunder's tank just keeps rolling along. And then finally, the last game of the night, the Detroit Pistons beat the Sacramento Kings 113-101. to 101. And we are on Luke Walton, Arizona head coaching watch. That's an interesting one. Arizona fired uh, their – the University of Arizona fired mm. uh, Sean whatever his Sean face Miller. is. Miller, Sean yeah. Miller and uh, – you know, Luke Walton is already answering questions about it, but I'm just, you know, I recklessly speculating here, but if things don't go too well in Sacramento, it wouldn't shock me to see uh, Luke Walton continue to fail into opportunities that he should not have. <laughs> I have no comment on that. I mean, you teed me up for something I really don't, don't want to touch. One thing I'll say, Sadiq Bay, impressive, very impressive, unheralded rookie. Isaiah Stewart got baptized tonight. Um, who was it that oh, Mo, uh, Mo Harkless? Bad, absolutely bad. Oh, yeah, that was wild. But he does go eight personally, he goes for 16 points, 13 rebounds. And having watched him over the last couple of games, he's a guy with a really impressive motor. So just give two quick shout outs Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, two, two youngins that have kind of impressed me lately. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to analyze Adam's portfolio mm. and talk basketball. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You have just foundational flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, almond, apple almond crisp. Then you have, you know, their original flavors with coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, ba banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. And to go with that, they're mixing in all kinds of new flavors all the time, some of which I would really prefer they bring back, by the way. Um, and, and they're doing all of that on a super easy-to-use website. All of these bars are super healthy. They are properly filling. They don't make you feel like crap after you eat a, a snack that you know maybe you snuck in before dinner. And, and right now... So long as this, uh, as, as supplies last, you're going to get a free cooler with whatever purchase that you make. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you get 15% off your next order. One more time. That promo code is locked 15 at only at builtbar.com. 
quick word here on the Locked On Today podcast. I was on there today. So if you enjoy this show and you enjoy my voice, you guys can check out me talking about the Lakers and their center position a little bit more on Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. He has all the sports that you need wrapped up in under 20 minutes, but only on the Locked On Today podcast. So check out Locked On Today on the Odyssey app and and, uh, anywhere else that you get your podcasts. All right, Adam, tell me about all of your super wise investments and then also what you think about decent ones to make about the uh, NBA season. Well, that's all I prepared for was basketball stocks. Was I supposed to, <laughs> was I supposed to be bringing some hot stock tips? I'm, I guess I failed to prepare there. Yeah, bring, I, I just want to know what you think about GameStop. Like that's, right. that's all I... GameStop. Um, <laughs> I got some basketball stock tips and I got to be honest with you, they're a little weird. We Every time you give me an assignment, I always look at the most like abstract way to make to mess with you with my response. <laughs> so I think you were looking at like teams perhaps, but uh, I'm not going to give that to you. Instead, I'm going to give you these abstract answers. Number one, stock to buy. Interior okay. play. Interior. Not, this is a long-term play, Anthony. This is not mm-hmm. a stock you should be expecting to perform well over the next three, even six months. But what did we hear today? I think it was Sham Sharani or maybe Woj, one of the two reporting that the NBA's rules committee is going to be looking at some of the rules, including all of the, what I will just go ahead and say is BS that guards get away with on the perimeter, jumping mm-hmm. forward to draw foul, sticking legs out, all the stupid things that make the league uh, such a perimeter and like offensive. 15% oriented. less watchable. 15% less watchable, but the highlights look great. Why? Damian Lillard goes for 50. Joel Embiid goes for 45. Yeah, 27 of those are free throws. Uh, they're going to look at some of these rules and why this is interesting and why I say interior play. I do think there's a lot of very interesting big men in the league right now, but yet the guards and it's still such a perimeter favored league that I think the NBA might swing it. And I think it might kill two birds with one stone augment some of the players that I think can really help elevate the league and bring some fans back like a Joel Embiid, a Nicole Jokic and Anthony Davis, a Carl Anthony towns and a growing list of, of bigs coming into the league that have skills. Zion Williamson, um, but also, Anthony, I don't know if you've noticed, seven teams, this was as of yesterday, might have changed, seven teams currently have a better offensive rating, an offensive efficiency, than any team in NBA history. Seven teams right now are about to set records for best offense ever. Something's wrong. It's not, I'm not saying teams aren't good. There's reasons, some reasons, but teams are, players are better shooting and different things like this or that. But some of this is we've just kind of gamed the NBA in a way that, probably we need to swing back a little bit. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of retrofitted or, or, or we, we, we basically we're trying to build backwards. The result is the stat lines and we're going to, we've basically carved out and molded the game so that we can get to those stat lines without really keeping in mind. That's not as watchable as it was right. before. It's not as, it's not as fun to see guys just kind of marching to the free throw line, game in, game out. It's well, I not. Just don't it's, think, I've always said that you know the rules are not created for players to be to to try to be exploited. If you're ever trying to draw fouls, like going out of your way trying to draw fouls, and it's working over and over again, I think something's wrong with that. Fouls are meant yeah. to be a defender made a mistake, not an offensive player jumping forward four feet right. to get a guy who is stagnant, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's a foul on him. So there's. Interior play. I think some of the gimmicky guard stuff might go away here in the next couple of years. Number number four. 
I do this every week. You give me a list to make. I do it. The mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets. The Denver <laughs> Nuggets are number four. Anthony, have you seen the Denver Nuggets lately? Talk about best offenses of all time. That was a question. Uh, oh, yeah, you, you broke out. You, Anthony, you cut out. Or here, let's give five seconds of air. Okay. Talk about best offenses of all time. Have you seen the Denver Nuggets lately? They're absolutely killing it since getting Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter Jr. is the most efficient volume scorer in the NBA right now. They look like a legitimately – it's funny because, you know, this is a team I cover closely. They've gone from – Oh, never, you do? Yeah, they've gone from a team that nobody has ever believed in and surprised people last year by going to the Western Conference Finals to suddenly a team everybody's talking about is the team nobody wants to face in the playoffs. And I got to say, for the first time ever, I think it's actually legit. I think this Nuggets team actually has some versatility to them. And they're on – I think they've won 16 of 19 games right now. They're, they're on quite a run right now. They've won 16 of 19. They, surely they're at the top of the standings right now, right? They're- well, this is, what's, yeah, this is what's so crazy. When you go out West, <laughs> they haven't actually gained much ground. I think they've gained they've, – they've passed the Lakers who, you know, don't have LeBron and AD, and they've put a little bit of distance between them and Portland and Dallas, like, like two games. But the Clippers, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, all are 8-2 and two in their last 10. Everybody out West just keeps winning. Yep. Yeah, one of these years, the Eastern Conference will actually hold up its own, but – I think we're still waiting on that one. Are they, is the Eastern conference ever <laughs> something you would invest in? <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. You're right. Definitely not. That's not a stock I can in good conscience advise. Um, number three, DNP rest, DNP rest, buy your stock right now. You're going to be seeing this pop up a lot over the next six weeks. If you look at the schedules from here to when the playoffs begin in roughly six weeks, everybody plays a murder's row tough games mm-hmm. you know they, they do this at the end of the year so that all these games matter tough games back-to-backs road trips where you're playing every other night for extended periods of time and as you get ready for the playoffs i think if especially if you're out west seating matters home court that stuff matters but at the end of the day you're talking about players having to play five games and seven nights i just think there's going to be a lot of players resting because wins are important but health is importanter a couple weeks ago, you took your own DNP rest. It was great. <laughs> I might take another one. I think next week I might have DNP rest. <laughs> sure would be nice. What is vacation? Maybe segment three of DNP rest. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> All right. What's number, what are we on? Four or five? Number two. Number two stock to invest in. Vets. Ooh. Vets. Now, here's an interesting thing. I put this Like veterinarians? Because like my father-in-law could, you know. <laughs> veteran NBA players. Now, here's the thing that's interesting to me, Anthony. We started the season, there was no fans. Then some arenas, certain arenas allowed 4,000, 5,000 fans in, and it made a little bit of a difference. We might be entering a phase where we go from no fans or limited fans to full or three-quarter or half-capacity playoff crowds with no thing in between. I I don't think it's that (laughs) unrealistic to think that in six, seven, eight weeks time, maybe by the time we're in the first round of the playoffs or maybe even the second round of the playoffs, that all of a sudden these arenas are full, vaccination rates are high enough or everybody's had an opportunity to get a vaccination, open things back up, and all of a sudden you've got a giant full crowd or semi-full crowd. And 
I just think it's going to be such a shock to the system. Think about Tyler Hero last night. What an impact he was in the playoffs for the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. In the bubble, in his rookie year, sophomore right. year, no fans. He's going to go from that where he's never been around fans all of a sudden to now 19,000 people screaming at him. To me, invest in vets. I have vets at least have been there before. Some of these young guys, it's going to be a whole new world. I just almost died thinking about uh, all these, you know, you talked about Tyler Hero playing in front of fans and I started choking. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Good thing we don't do this show in front of fans. You'd get like, I went to talk and my breath was like, Ugh. All right. What do you have? Do you have one more? Do you have one more left? No, I only made a list of five through two, Anthony. I, I didn't make number one. Mm. Uh, of course I have number one. It's the Brooklyn Nets. I hate to say this. The Brooklyn Nets who lead the Eastern Conference currently at 36 and 16, who do at this very moment hold the title for the greatest offense in history. And guess what? They haven't even played as a complete team yet. I mean, they played little pockets here and they there. They played like seven games together. They've done exactly what everybody knew they were going to do, which is punt the regular season, just completely say forget it. Now that we're here at six weeks to go, I think you're going to start to see more and more of those guys as they try to build chemistry, this or that. And if we haven't seen a fully operational, what is it? Fully operational battle battle station. There it is. I got it. Nailed it. <laughs> we're about to. And if, if a semi-operational battle station is number one offense of all time, Lord help us whenever we see all of those guys together. I'm kind of surprised just like, just because of this exercise, like Brooklyn stock right now is super expensive as is, isn't it's, it? It's the best stock, but it's going to be even better. That's the thing. Sometimes the stock. So you just buy a Bitcoin stock. at $60,000. Like that's yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's going to a hundred. I mean, that's but, exactly but how you have like, you have the Lakers sitting over here where they're, you know, sitting less than oh, it can't be as expensive oh, no, is that right? so just for That's the sake right. of the it's just for the I, sake of the I exercise you wouldn't Lakers. want to you wouldn't want to invest in a team that you know is probably going to be in the finals despite your your own denver nuggets and well i guess you can't have competing stocks you wouldn't want competing stocks in your portfolio is that where we're at no i'm, I'm opening up betonline.ag because i'm going to see what the futures are here for the lakers i'm going to see if because I'm sure they have not moved. It's for, been surely crazy. From talking to you, they must be so. Oh, wait, no, they have the second best <laughs> title odds behind Brooklyn. Do you understand how stocks work, Anthony? Do you understand what they work? It's I do. Not I do. Recent trends, it's just like, hey, everybody's their stock is still very high. Everybody knows that they too are punting the regular season to be ready for the playoffs, and it might work. I mean, usually stocks drop a little bit with recent events, as we've seen from recent events. <laughs> like, <laughs> a very strong. Is a very strong stock. There's no movement. The market's not not as unfazed by LeBron and ADs. All right, let's go ahead and take another second here while I, I while I'm apparently taught how stocks work by Adam, and we'll, you, we'll pay a couple bills with the uh, revenue I generate from these the from my newfound knowledge. Today's show is brought to you in part by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over and uh, NCAA basketball might be over, but you have the NBA, NHL, the Masters are going on right now. Have you been watching any of the Masters? Oh my gosh. Nonstop. It's my, no, I, I literally have been. It's like my favorite thing to watch. 
Uh, bet Online even covers it's award my favorite, shows. It's one of my favorite things to bet on, I will say that. Yeah, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place, a best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% depo- welcome deposit on your first deposit. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. So one more time, that is locked on at betonline.ag for that 50% deposit bonus. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of the uh, comings out of the March Madness tournaments four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, so for this week's power rankings, you're looking specifically at the West and uh, the the top five teams from the West, right? So we have, in no particular order yet, you have the Utah Jazz, you have the Phoenix Suns, you have the Denver Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh. Have you seen, like, how long has it been since you've seen a conference this loaded? Because I can't really remember one. Like two years ago. I mean, this is the thing about the West. It's always loaded. And I do think there's a top five, and I think there's two teams. And I'll just kind of give you the, the two. In, in order, I have Portland number seven and Dallas number six. And I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if those teams threw their hat in the ring. And, and, you know, if you tiered this off to me, there's one tier that has five teams in it. And then another tier that has two, I wouldn't be surprised if Portland or Dallas kind of got inside to the the top tier. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. They're very, very good teams. They'll be a tough out, but you know, I, I still think there's a top five. So those two are my honorable mentions. Dallas, by the way, playing some pretty good ball. They're seven and three over their last uh, their last ten. Dallas is super interesting to me because I liked the idea or the theory of what they did in this last offseason, where they were like, "Yeah, we're going to add more defense and we're going to be a little bit better prepared for the postseason." And then we saw that it didn't work as well in the regular season, so they basically scrapped that, go out and get more shooters. And, and now here they are playing a lot more similarly to, to how they played last year. My only thing is we know that that athleticism is going to matter in the postseason. Like we saw it matter last year in the postseason. So I'm kind of curious, you know, was it worth it to scrap the experiment if it once again puts that ceiling on their postseason abilities? The thing about basketball at the NBA, especially for teams like that, you just never know when things are going to click or what combination. I mean, look, you look at the Nuggets with Aaron Gordon. You know, nobody was really saying, oh, if Aaron Gordon winds up in Denver, there's there's a super team, there's this or that. And it happened and it clicked and it sort of hit the, at, at least early returns, the 100th percentile of expected outcomes. And I think that's what teams like Portland, teams like Dallas, sometimes they have to do. You wait. If you can take a big swing, you take it. But if not, I think you just put pieces around them and you say, hey, maybe this clicks – Maybe uh, Norman Powell is the piece that you were missing or, um, you know, maybe Porzingis kind of looks like the best version of himself and we'll see. And, you know, most of the times it doesn't happen, but at least I understand it. They're not, it's not like they've lost the flexibility. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that I didn't understand why they did what they did. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious 
at what point do they go back to the experiment that they started this year with? And like, how do they balance like that, that those, those kind of dueling experiments? Wow. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into the top five though. Where are you at here? So here's, I feel really bad because you, I honestly don't think there is a combination of these five teams that if you made a list for it, I would be upset about. And I mean yeah. that sincerely. No, uh, I agree. In any combination, I think this fair game. So whichever team I put fifth, people are going to say I'm a hater. And the one I had, sadly, is the team that I think so many people counted as the fifth best team. And that is the Phoenix Suns. And like wow, I said, hater. I could easily Jeez. put the Phoenix Suns at the, you know, near the top. I don't think I could put them number one, but I could easily put them up, you know, a, a couple spots on this. And here's what I'm actually going to say about Phoenix is that I really like their roster. They're a little bit thin. Their bench unit, I, I think they could use like a couple more guys. And I, literally thin. They aren't very bulky. But I love the way their style of play. I think they're a high IQ basketball team. I think they move the ball incredibly well. They didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but they're a very capable uh, shooting team. Mm-hmm. I just think they're a little inexperienced, and in particular inside. I think Aiton's a good player, but of all, when you talk about pivotal pieces on the top five teams, Aiton to me might be the guy who has the lowest floor, meaning the guy that could sort of tank his yeah. team's chances the most. Well, the 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 experience thing is huge. We just talked in the last segment about how vets are a, a solid investment Absolutely. for the next couple of months. And, and you look at the guys that Phoenix is going to be relying upon outside of Chris Paul, like Chris Absolutely. Paul and Jay Crowder are the only guys like Dario Saric has a little bit of experience, but no. there is not very much. There is not very much experience outside of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. And, and I'm sorry, like those teams don't typically win in their first year together. Maybe so next eight. year things are a little bit different, but, but, and then you add to that the fact that they had this guy, Aiton, who, yeah, does seem very capable of getting played off the floor in his first postseason run especially. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. Aiton, Bridges, Cam Johnson, you've got a lot of guys, even Booker to a certain Even Booker. Point, but a lot of guys who have never been in a playoff atmosphere but will be going not only that, but with regards to, say, a Cam Johnson, a Bridges, guys that have been playing most of their careers, weirdly enough, it's weird to say this, most of their careers without fans. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> that, that is crazy. Uh, All right. Number four. Here's where I'm going to really be called the hater. The Utah Jazz. And I hate that I put, I'm saying this here. Again, you could easily slot them where they are in their record, as, which is number one. You know, Utah is a team that also plays incredible team basketball. Um, they're very dynamic offensively. I think they have pieces to be good defensively against certain matchups. But they're a team that I also look at and go, you know, they might be vulnerable to some matchups in the playoffs. I, I wonder what it's going to look like when teams start to scheme for them um, and, and get into a series where there's adjustments and this or that. So I, I don't know. If... <laughs> it's tough to say because I think Utah is very good, but I just yeah. – the three teams above them to me, I think I think Phoenix and, and Utah to me feel like the four or five and the other three feel like they're they're above. These are five very, very good teams. It legit sucks that we're going to lose one of them in the first round. Yeah. Like it really does suck that we're going to go into the, the, the first round and one of these teams are going to be uh, fishing, gone fishing. Maybe more Maybe. like Portland and Dallas are not helpless against these teams. There is a chance that one of those teams upends. Yeah, one I mean, of the it other depends, ones. but yeah, but, but, I, but, you know, it might, it, at least one of them are, are going to be going home. 
uh, early, earlier than you would expect a team as capable of these five oh. uh, to go home while <laughs> some team in the Eastern Conference is going to get a trip to the second round that they probably don't deserve. Third um, on my list. All right. This one's controversial. Third on my mm-hmm. list is the Clippers. The Clippers are really good, and I think obviously very dangerous. But to me, they were a team last year that when the going got tough, they folded. And I'm not totally convinced. I mean, I mentioned earlier that I do feel like it's more Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's team. You made the joke that, you know, uh, Paul George had been coming up clutch for them or this or that. But it is kind of true. Paul a lot, Tonight, Paul George took over in the fourth quarter. And until he does that again in the playoffs, I still feel like I'm not sure that's a winning formula. Rondo does make them give an extra layer, uh, makes them more dynamic. But to me, I just saw them go up against a Denver team and get absolutely ran off the court. Um, I, I, I saw them last year. The exact same thing happened. I, I just, I put them below. I'm, I'm sorry. I have them a little bit lower than I think most people will. Yeah. The thing that I always run up against when I look at the Clippers is that their wings aren't dynamic enough creators for my liking. That, that doesn't mean that they aren't good creators. That doesn't mean that, you know, that they aren't fantastic players, which both Kawhi and Paul George definitely are. I'm just, you know, I'm comparing them to the type of elite wings that have won championships over the last forever, and, and they aren't quite them. And Kawhi's one championship recently came because Kevin Durant tore his Achilles and Klay Thompson messed up his knee. So... I, I, I want to believe in the Clippers. I, I'm sure like, I actually think the way this season is playing out is actually really good for the Clippers and that they just kind of get to go under the radar and, and head into the postseason as just another one of these really, really good five teams. But until I see that, that, that hole in their design is filled, I I'm still going to be a little skeptical. Yeah. As am I number two, I have the Denver nuggets. They're surging right now. They're beating everybody. I put the stat out earlier, but the Nuggets have been up 18 or more in four of their last six games since acquiring Aaron Gordon. Defensively, they looked very good. They've had they've had up and downs defensively, but when they've needed to, especially fourth quarter lock-in defense, they've been fantastic. First and fourth quarter, they've been fantastic. Um, Michael Porter is, you know, he's the big X factor. We talked earlier about Aiton being the biggest swing player. Michael Porter might be the second biggest wing play, swing player of all of these guys we're talking about because mm-hmm. he's playing – 20 point per game score on efficiency. And he's another one that has never really played in front of a fan. So, um, you know, there, I could be putting them a little bit high, but 16 of 19 wins seven in a row looking to get the biggest win shot tomorrow night. They play uh, the San Antonio Spurs in Denver. They win that one. It's actually the longest win streak of Jokic's career. So they just, they're playing the best basketball of the Jokic era right now. And we saw them already go to the Western conference finals last year. I mean, the, the nice thing for the, the Denver Nuggets is that they don't really have to worry too much about playing in front of too many fans when, when, they're, when they're let back in. Right? This is such an t- old, tired narrative, man. <laughs> the Nuggets have great attendance. Great attendance. I when just, bad, they have look, bad attendance. You go out of your way. You go out of your way to to poke at my feathers and stuff like that. I speak truths. I speak truths. You make up things. Uh, I, I'm, this is my honest, I, I actually want to know your honest opinion on this. Who is Aaron Gordon upgrade from Grant from last year? 
by a wide margin. Okay. Like, I, no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm not yelling at you. I'm, I'm, say, I'm yeah. saying this emphatically. <laughs> I'm saying this emphatically because wow. people don't realize this. Aaron Gordon really was a negative, a net negative player last year in the regular season for the Nuggets. Now, he was a positive. Not Aaron Gordon, player. Grant. Or, I mean, Aaron Jeremy Grant. Grant. He was a positive in the playoffs, and he really, like, moving him to the three, a spot he never really played before, including for Denver in the regular season, moving him to the three in the playoffs really unlocked a lot of things, and I think had Denver gone to that earlier, one, maybe he would have hung around a little bit longer, maybe. and two, maybe the numbers would have been a little bit better, but, you know, Jeremy Grant struggles with re- – the, really the only skill I think he brings to the table that's significantly better than Aaron Gordon is shooting, but mm-hmm. Gordon, a significantly better defender, uh, better passer – much more willing to sort of play within it, play quickly, move the ball quickly and play within himself. You look at the numbers, he's shooting about nine, eight or nine shots a game since joining Denver. He seems very content to just be a mm-hmm. cog in the machine. So I, I, and then athletically, physically, just, he has the size and strength to, to body Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, the bigger guys. So I, th- I think it's no, no contest, Aaron Gordon. That's huge. That's, <laughs> that's, that's because the, the, the nuggets, as assembled last year, got to the conference finals and were a couple games from the NBA finals. And if they made a big uh, upgrade at, in my opinion, the most important position in the sport, then that changes a lot of what they're capable of. I think Aaron Gordon's going to make an an all defensive team next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, first or second, you know, all defensive team. He's been that good. And being on Denver, he's the fourth or fifth option on offense which is perfect for him. I mean, he doesn't have to be a two-way player. I feel like there's a lot in common between him and Andre Iguodala when he went to Golden State. Sean Marion, Andre Iguodala, it's, it's definitely that mold of player that was yeah. cast as a star, a first or second option. He's not that. He's a four. I, honestly, I think a third option is maybe even pushing it. But now in Denver, being a fourth option, he's hyper-efficient offensively and defensively. It's where all of his attention and energy goes, and it's been, it's been great. Um, number one controversial. You could take a lap here. I still think it's the Lakers, whatever this team that the Lakers have rolled out for the last month, you know, the, it's just this placeholder of a, of a Lakers team. It doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. but I still think they were dominant to start the season. They were dominant when they had both guys. And by the way, 80 wasn't even that good this year. He was actually kind of bad. Mm -hmm. You get a healthy standards. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. By his standards, by you get a healthy AD and LeBron, and by the way, that's becoming a question. I mean, I do think the clock is that's, ticking. I think you've got yeah. about you got another ten days before you say like it might be too late now. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But they get back within the next ten days and then avoid any setbacks. You know, the rest of the season. I still think they're the favorites. Yeah, I have them as a favorite still because of how good they looked at the beginning of the season. The one thing I will say is that this is not the same team that those guys left when they got hurt. If if the intent is to play Andre Drummond 30 minutes a night, that means that you're only getting 18 minutes tonight of uh, Anthony Davis at the five, which in the postseason probably isn't enough. And then that means if that's how that if that's how that math is working out, that means you're taking out Montrez Harrell and you're taking out Marcus Saul from the rotation, which maybe that's how that works out. And maybe that's something that the Lakers are comfortable with, but I don't know that that actually is. So they have, you know, to, to your point about figuring stuff out and the, the clock being ticking, they do have to get these guys back and they do have to figure out what the rotation looks like. I still have no idea what the Lakers best lineup is going to be this year. Right, right. I still have no idea. I know it's going to be LeBron, AD, maybe Kuz, 
maybe Schroeder. That's about it. <laughs> I, think, I think one thing that's working in their favor is that Utah and Phoenix are pretty comfortably ahead in the one, two right now. Cause I think mm-hmm. the Lakers are going to be five or six. And because of that, there's a good chance if you're the five seed, there's a good chance you take on the four, as long as that's not the Clippers, which it might end up being. Might. As long as it's not the, the, you know, even if it is the Clippers, that's a really tough match. It becomes like sort of an all the marbles first round series. But you, you get that one, you go into the second round, and if you have either, you know, uh, the Suns or the, or the Jazz, I, I feel like that you, you get a little bit more comfortable there for a second round. So I don't know. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for everybody. I would not be surprised, Anthony, if the Lakers lost in the first round. Even if Anthony Davis and LeBron were healthy and got back, to your point, if they couldn't build chemistry, if you don't know who your best lineups are and you're still trying to figure that out, that the West is so stacked right now that that could sink you. But if they survive those, I just they're they're going to get stronger the longer this goes on. Yeah, that's the that's the point. That's why I would rather face like Phoenix in the first round than any of these other teams because that gives the Lakers more of an opportunity to to work out some of those kinks, albeit against a good team. You know, the, I, I'm not trying to say you know I'm saying that I would rather face Phoenix versus some of those other teams, but. But it's just that, you know, the Lakers have a lot to figure out and not very much time to figure <laughs> to, to work out all those kinks. All right. That's going to do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. Make sure you guys are tuned in across this feed for a, a broader look at what's going on in the league. And then if there's any team that you want to know more about, check out all of the, the respective Locked On NBA, MLB, college basketball, college football, hockey, We got you guys covered for all of that across the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great weekend, and Adam and I will talk to you guys next Friday when he tells me about more stonks.